Are you passionate about your professional future but not sure what's next? The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business can take your education and career to the next level with its highly ranked Working Professional MBA. With flexibility to earn a degree entirely on campus, online, or a mix of both, an MBA from Ohio State is more accessible than ever. To get started, visit go.osu.edu WPMBA. The Ohio State University Max M. Fisher College of Business, where principled leaders are created. Are you ready to learn the business skills you need to accelerate your career? The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business is now offering its highly ranked working professional MBA entirely online. Whether you choose to attend on campus, online, or a mix of both, you're in control, balancing the demands on your busy schedule. Don't wait. Start your personalized MBA journey this fall. Visit go.osu.edu slash WPMBA to learn more and apply. The Ohio State University Max M. Fisher College of Business, where principled leaders are created. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates and satellite programming um, professionals. I'd like to give us a call, 800-610-7035, worldwide, toll-free, email exxon at exxonradiotv.com on MSN Messenger and every other imaginable multimedia social network, Exxon Radio TV, and our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Ted Peters. And uh, Ted Peters has been investigating UFOs for four decades, serving previously as the Louisiana State Director of MUFON. That's the Mutual UFO Network. He is currently a professor of somatic theology and ethics at Pacific Lutheran Theology, Theological Seminary, I'm sorry, and uh, the Graduate Theological Union in Berkeley, California. He co-edits the journal Theology and Science at the Center for Theology and the Natural Sciences. He has authored and edited more than two dozen books on uh, theology and the dialogue between faith and science. And his website is Ted's Timely Take at www.tedstimelytake.com. We're going to be talking to Ted this hour about his new book entitled UFOs, God's Chariots. Join me now from the beautiful state of California is my guest this hour, Ted Peterson. Ted, welcome to the X-Zone. Well, 
Uh, Rob, thank you very much for having me on the X Zone. And uh, yes, I come from California. I wish I could say I was in orbit around Zeta 2 Reticuli, but um, I guess it's California. But sometimes in California, we feel like we're mm. in orbit. Tell, tell me, what was your inspiration for writing your book, UFOs, God's Chariots? Well, as you mentioned in the introduction, uh, my work has to do with the interaction mm -hmm. or dialogue between faith and science. And I have been fascinated with the, fascinated with the subject of UFOs mm -hmm. since I was a kid, and I've sort of grown into it. And there is a real scientific dimension, actually a kind of cast or ambience about the UFO phenomenon, but hidden right beneath it. Uh, our religious and spiritual dimensions, and uh, I'd like to ferret those out. Uh, t tell me, uh, have you yourself had a UFO experience, an encounter? I have not, but I would love to have one. Mm -hmm. And I've, uh, I've interviewed a number of people who have had experiences, and sometimes I get a little jealous. Is, is there a conflict between ufology and theology, or do they, or do they exist hand in hand? I do not think there is a conflict. Yes, there are some mm -hmm. right-wing uh, uh, Christian fundamentalist types, actually creationist types, who think that uh, flying saucers or UFOs are demonic, but a close look will show that what they really fear is the theory of evolution, the idea that extraterrestrials evolved on another planet and so it becomes the same old battle against Darwin. By and large, uh, I think that uh, religious believers in general, Christians in particular, do not have any difficulty with the idea of extraterrestrial life nor uh, with the idea that we might be visited mm -hmm. you know, by ETI in flying saucers. Tell, tell me, Ted, in your opinion, why do you think that there might be a government conspiracy or cover-up to suppress the information that extraterrestrials, UFOs, may be real and may be visiting this planet. Well, why do I believe that? Because there's ample evidence <laughs> that the government has hidden information. Mm -hmm. uh, and that uh, seemed to have begun already as early as 1947. Uh, the question would be whether there is a systematic government conspiracy uh, to hide really dramatic information, I tend not to believe that. But that information that is important has been withheld from us. Uh, well, we can pretty well document that that's the case. Exonation, my guest this hour is Ted Peters. We're talking to Ted about his new book entitled UFOs, God's Chariots, Spirituality, Ancient Aliens, and Religious Yearnings in the Age of Extraterrestrials. His website is www.tedstimelytake.com. Um, we've, we've got about... What we're going to do is we're just going to hold it off here. I've got to take a two-minute commercial break, Ted. When we come back, we're going to be discussing UFOs and the... The connection in theology, and I'm going to ask you the question: Are UFOs that gods? Are they are the UFOs God's chariots? 
I guess that's uh, where we're going to. Good question. All right, stand by, Ted. You and I will be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the Exxon continues from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, Ted Peters is our guest. He's the author of UFOs, God's Chariots. His website is www.tedstimelytake.com. My name is Rob McConnell, and Ted Peters and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here in the X-Zone. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the X-Zone radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website, aguidinglight, spelled L-I-T-E, dot com, to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter.
Explanation, uh, Ted Peters is our guest. He's the author of UFOs, God's Chariots. His website is www.tedstimelytake.com. So tell me, Ted, are UFOs God's Chariots? The answer is both no and yes. The no answer has to do with the ancient astronaut theory. Mm -hmm. Many think that our ancestors back in biblical times were kind of stupid and unable to distinguish between spiritual things and visiting technologically advanced flying saucers and UFOs. So we could translate ancient scriptures, both Christian as well as, uh, as uh, written texts from other civilizations, translate those uh, so that they don't read gods, but they in fact read euphonauts visiting us in flying saucers. I tend not to support the ancient astronaut theory, so in that regard, mm -hmm. no, UFOs are not God's chariots. On the other hand, I would like to say yes, because the message that we get all, uh, all, all too frequently, and not, I shouldn't say too frequently, mm -hmm. I should say I'm quite grateful for the message that we get, namely that euphonauts come from a civilization that is advanced, not just scientifically, but culturally. They've learned how to have peace on their planet, to get past the stage of development where they're threatened by nuclear war, that in coming to Earth, they can teach us how to have a peaceful uh, society here on this planet. And I think that if that message comes to us from uh, the, those who are piloting flying saucers, I want to say that's a good message. And uh, uh, they could be agents of uh, God's word if that's the message that they are delivering. All right. Do you think that the God that so many people on this planet... Um believe in is the same God that they that the extraterrestrials believe in? Well, I wouldn't know how an extraterrestrial believes until I ask them, but I do think that mm -hmm. there is but one God for the entire cosmos, and if we do wake up some morning and we've got neighbors uh, orbiting Zeta II Reticuli, uh, they will be children of the same father that uh, that you and I are. Is it, is it possible that the angels that were talked about in the Bible could actually be ETs? Yes, actually, I uh, don't want to categorically reject the ancient mm -hmm. astronaut theorists because the angels are not thoroughly described. And it is possible that uh, there can be bearers of God's word in many different forms and uh, yeah, so I, I would I would say that's a possibility. I'm not going to vote for it, but it's a possibility. You yourself have never had a UFO experience, and yet you're you're in the UFO field. You you were with MUFON. You've talked to many people who claim to have had experiences. Why did you decide to carry this torch? I've got outer space in my inner soul. Somehow or other, I got inflicted. Mm -hmm with that when I was about 12 years old. And so I study UFOs and have been since I was uh, a teenager all the way down to the present period of time. But in addition to that, I'm quite interested as uh, with regard to what our scientists are doing at NASA and SETI, 
uh, NASA scientists are looking for microbial life within our solar system. Mm -hmm. And as you know, SETI scientists are looking for intelligent life in ex an extra solar planet. Yeah. I'm just as fascinated with them as I am with the UFO phenomenon. You know, I've, I've had the pleasure of having Seth Shostak on the show a number of years. I've had oh, the pleasure. He's a delightful guy. Yeah, and I, I've known, uh, you know, Seth for over 22 years. But, I, you know, like, I've said this to Seth. I said, what happens if you guys are listening to a frequency or for a frequency that you just can't pick up? What happens if the communication that you're expecting has already come and passed and because of the equipment that we have based on our modern technology, you're unable to pick up the message. Well, I suspect that Seth said that's just a limitation of the technology mm -hmm. as well as uh, other limitations such as the amount of space that SETI has been able to cover over the last uh, five decades of uh, their searching. Well, if you, were to, if you were to take the total amount of space that SETI has covered, if you, take an eight, if you were to take all the water in the world, it would only be an eight-ounce glass of water that they've actually investigated. There's a lot of universe left out there. Yep, there, there certainly is. There certainly is. I, I'm not a skeptic. I'm not a believer. I'm in the middle because my background is criminal investigation. And up until now, doing this show for 22 years, I have seen no proof. I have not spoken to anybody that I unequivocally believe I think that Major Jesse Marcel, when it comes to Roswell, should have been, uh, you know, this guy here bungled <laughs> an investigation if yeah, there was any right. any credible evidence. I, I well, believe that so many people want to believe that they are clinging to anything. And I think, and I believe, that the Internet has spawned so much disinformation that I consider the internet to be the biggest septic tank that man has ever created. <laughs> well, I think Seth Shostak from SETI would uh, tend to agree with you mm -hmm. that, from his point of view, there is insufficient evidence gathered in the UFO phenomenon to prove persuasively or yep. demonstrate persuasively that we are being visited, yet... And I'm sure you've confronted this before, Rob. Stan Friedman would say mm. there's more evidence uh, to prove that we're being visited by ETI than would be necessary to convict a criminal in a court case. Uh, and no. uh, I bet you would disagree with Friedman on that. Huh? I, I, I disagree with Friedman on, any, on everything. <laughs> you know, I think that Stanton Friedman is a cult leader. I think that he, you know, he's revered as a guru. And he's basically not a guru. He's a scientist. You know, he hasn't done anything spectacular when it comes to you, the UFO and uh, Enigma, except bringing what might have happened in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947 to the public. That's it. Why people revere him, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, you know that, that's up to them, but I, I certainly don't. Well, Stan um, is what 
what I would refer to as a nuts and bolt uh, kind of investigator. That is to say, his model is a spacecraft mm -hmm. that brings UFOnauts here, just like our spacecraft took astronauts to the moon. Yeah. There are many other dimensions to the UFO phenomenon, which he uh, stays away from, abductions, paranormal experiences, mm -hmm. uh, kind of providential guides, uh, new, a lot of new age spirituality, sure. etc. And uh, Stan stays away from that. I tend to like the nuts and bolts uh, ufologist, but the phenomenon is a whole lot bigger than just thinking of the Roswell, New Mexico spacecraft. You know, and, and here we go, Roswell, New Mexico. There has been no evidence to support the claim, any new evidence with all the investigators that go down there, all the wannabes that go down there. Still, after all these years, nothing new. Nothing new. Yeah, well, that's one way to describe the UFO phenomenon mm -hmm. is that fundamentally it has not changed from the early 1950s to the present time. I think in part it's due to the media, as you suggested earlier, you're neither a believer nor yep. a skeptic, but the media really wants every, every time there's a UFO report to find a, a believer, what does he or she say, and find a skeptic or a debunker, what mm -hmm. do they say, and then they're done. Well, that, that's and, because it's the media's job to present both sides of the story and, and, but, let, and let the person watching the report, reading the report, or listening the, to the report make up their own mind. Well, that's true, but one of the problems is that there's only one question that the media has asked for 60 years, mm -hmm. and there could be other dimensions to the phenomenon. And that's what I try to point out in this book, is that uh, uh, there are has, has been cultural uh, influence, cultural impacts mm -hmm. by the UFO phenomenon, which has affected to some degree the way we think politically. Uh, it capitalizes on our stereotypes of what scientists do, and then very indirectly, mm -hmm. uh, it has some impact on religious sensibilities. And I think these things are interesting. I'm talking here as a scholar who studies the matter, and I get interested in lots of things. But uh, these other dimensions, which are complex and nuanced, uh, they don't, you know, get reported in, uh, in media stories. Uh, but still, I think I find them interesting. And uh, if you're neither a skeptic mm -hmm. nor a believer, I'll bet you find these other things interesting as well. Sure, I find them interesting. I find them part of the UFO genre. Um, but it's no different than any other aspect of the paranormal. Ghosts, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, Lake Monsters. You know, it, you've got all these stories out there. That, that have been goes. around for so long, but because of the internet, bang, everybody wants to, you know, everybody's joining these little clubs, these little groups, and they don't know what the hell they're doing nine times out of ten. Well, they call themselves uh, investigators and researchers, and they don't have a clue what a real investigation entails, what research entails. But they've got these little buzzwords, they've got these little magnetometers, they've got these little uh, night vision cameras, they've got these little tape recorders. That doesn't make them investigators. The biggest problem within the UFO community, as I see it, is there's a lack of communication between each and every uh, UFO believer, every UFO researcher, 
every UFO investigator and every UFO club, including MUFON. Well, I was going to say, uh, do your criticisms uh, apply to MUFON? Sure they do. It's made an attempt to, I wouldn't say professionalize, but certainly to upgrade their investigations. But your criticisms still apply to MUFON investigators, you think? Oh, sure. You know, when Flight Flight 370 disappeared, the MUFON director for the state of Pennsylvania put out a press release that what happened to Flight 370 was the aircraft and crew were abducted by an extraterrestrial UFO. (laughs) Well, there's probably no way to disprove it at this particular juncture. No, but come on. Let's be real. You know, stand by. We've got to take a commercial break with the news. Ted Peters is our guest, Exxon Nation. He's the author of UFOs, God's Chariots, www.tedstimelytake.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Well, Rob, I hope you don't mind if I ask you questions. It sounds to me like... Are you considering calling a psychic to read your situation? Then consider David Champion, a psychic medium for more than 20 years with thousands of readings under his belt. David Champion will make you feel comfortable. He has proven to be honest and accurate. He's a straight shooter. There's no guesswork. What he sees is what you get. While he is a medium, most of the calls focus on relationships. Not only love, but work, school, neighbors, and more. Need help with finding a job and preparing for the interview? Are you dealing with people who are obstacles in your path? For more information, go to davidchampion.com, $1.50 per minute, paid by credit card, with a minimum of 30 minutes. For your reading with David Champion, call 1-877-702-8598. That's 1-877-702-8598. Now you can dial in to listen to the Exxon Radio Show from anywhere in the world with Rob McConnell 24-7, 365 by dialing 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080. If you have a mobile phone or landline, the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is now at your beck and call at 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080, 24-7. 365. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. X-Zone Nation, uh, Ted Peters is our guest this hour. He's the author of UFOs, God's Chariots. His website is www.tedstimelytake.com. You know, Ted, uh, like you and I were talking during the news break, I want to believe. I, I really do. Because... Something inside each and every one of us would love to know that what may be out there is out there. But 
After 22 years doing this show, over 3,800 interviews, doing the show from everywhere from Las Vegas to Florida, from Florida, throughout the Caribbean, uh, Mexico, across Canada, nothing. No evidence. No, no, uh, no, no undeniable photograph. Why, in your opinion, as, as, as a theological expert here, why is it that people want to believe in UFOs? What is it that in the human psyche that intrigues people to the point that they, in many cases, devote, their, devote every, every spare moment to it? What is in the human psyche? And now I think you're getting to a really good question. We've left the objective question behind. Now we're going to take a look at the uh, the subjective mm-hmm. one. And uh, I do propose some answers here in the book. I think, A, outer space is naturally inspiring. B, we want salvation. And wouldn't it be wonderful if a more highly evolved society could bring salvation to our planet and see we want to be important and nothing could be more important uh, than having an event like this. So I I refer to this as a myth. It's a myth uh, in the sense that it's like a pair of glasses that we put on and we interpret anomalous uh, stimuli, anomalous experiences in terms of this myth and it gives it meaning Mm -hmm. and one of the cases I want to make which uh, would bother Seth Shostak is that SETI and the UFO community hold the same myth they have the same fundamental mythological beliefs some of which are scientific but some of them are not scientific Uh, Yet, uh, this myth makes it all meaningful, all worthwhile to get our hopes and expectations up that finally, someday, from the sky, we'll drop down all the goodies that a future science of technology could give us. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, if, if not, why not? Uh, I would say it's not likely to happen uh, because it's based upon imagination rather than upon uh, good science or uh, good evidence. Um, you can, you you know, the ETI myth is coming when mm-hmm. you hear a phrase such as maybe those intelligent creatures on another planet have evolved longer than we have. As soon as you hear that phrase, they've evolved longer than we have, A, you're leaving science, B, uh, the the myth is now beginning to take structure, because what happens, and you hear this amongst UFO people and SETI people and sometimes NASA people as well, is the idea that evolution is progressive, that somehow or other evolution goes from the simple to the complex, from the stupid to the intelligent, from the religious to the scientific, and you can just see the ideology building. And so if an extraterrestrial civilization has advanced certain hundreds of years, thousands of years, or millions of years, just think of all the progress they would have gotten through not just nuclear war, but also (laughs) the uh, cesspool of the Internet, which you mentioned a few minutes ago. And 
Um, and all of a sudden, um, these extraterrestrials are looking like angels or looking like gods. It's just that they're scientific and technological angels mm -hmm. or gods. They're uh, not uh, spiritual ones. And then we begin to place hopes on them. Uh, again, I want to say it's a myth. It's actually based on an ancient myth called the Gnostic Redeemer myth. Uh, and according to that myth, salvation comes through knowledge. And what um, UFO expectants, uh, people who are expecting uh, the UFOs to arrive, um, the people from outer space are going to give us knowledge on how to prevent war or knowledge on how to prevent planetary uh, degradation. Mm -hmm. They're going to deliver what the Bible used to call an apocalypse yeah. or the kingdom of God or something. And SETI uh, holds exactly the same myth. It's just that, you know, it's fancied up with a little bit more uh, scientific language. But the same myth is at work there. And if you mention to SETI that our best Evolutionary biologist, Francisco Ayala or Stephen Jay Gould, will say, I'm sorry, evolution is not progressive. Right. You cannot expect evolution on another planet to produce a more mm -hmm. highly advanced, advanced uh, society. I'm sorry, that's not scientific. Well, we can, st well, with all those planets out there, at least some planet must have this more uh, highly advanced society. And, and I just want to say, you're leaving science now, you're getting into the realm of hope and expectation, and I think that's why you don't see the empirical evidence, and that's why you ask the question, what's going on with the human psyche? Yeah. And it's the same psyche in the UFO phenomenon, in the SETI phenomenon, and amongst the apocalyptic uh, religions of, uh, of a couple thousand years ago. But is that the same psyche of Christians, Jews, Muslims? Oh, yes. Muslims? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Christians, and especially Messianic Jews, mm -hmm. uh, would, uh, would think that way. And um, I don't want to reduce all of these things to only a psychic phenomenon. But yes, it's the same basic mindset. It seems that that society, a certain part of society, has gone from, or, or, or is, I should say, is equating ufology to bibliography uh, or theology. Well, it's a secular form of theology. Actually, the, the theology it comes closest to is millennialism. Uh, you know, the vocabulary is very different, mm -hmm. but the hopes are pretty much the same thing. In your, you know, writing your book, what was the chapter that gave you the hardest time? I know every author has one chapter that they struggle with. What was that chapter in your book? Well, I think trying to make clear how it is that our best science, scientists, mm -hmm. our best researchers, are operating out of the same myth that we find in ufology and in the wider culture and that it's a myth that has been around for maybe uh, two millennia or so, that there's this continuity of hope and a continuity of belief and a willingness to abandon what we can rely on empirically 
in order to keep uh, keep the myth alive. Um, I want to say, and I, uh, this probably applies to you too, I have the highest respect for really good scientists who give us new knowledge. And yes. SETI scientists do this. NASA scientists mm -hmm. do this. I shake their hands, pat them on the back. Thank you, thank you. But at the same time, um, they, they have a myth uh, that science is going to bring us salvation. And that's not science's job to bring us salvation. <laughs> But uh, it's there, it's implicit, it's what gets funding, it's what drives the research. And uh, what I find uh, particularly uh, paradoxical is that quite frequently these scientists are as anti-religious uh, as you can find in our society, but they've got their own religion. It's just that uh, they don't go to church anymore, they go to the laboratory or the telescope, but it's the same basic psyche uh, operative in both locations. This past Sunday, CNN uh, did a special with Morgan Spurlock on UFOs. And uh, he met a lady that took him out into the desert, and they were using night vision goggles. And, you know, she was pointing out UFOs, like there were five or six, and then there were seven, there were eight. And, you know, he was seeing the same thing that she was seeing. But I must give MUFON credit here. The video of these UF of these so-called UFOs, or the or the time and date that this that they were watching these so-called UFOs was brought to an analyst, and he said, "Well, let's check a satellite database out." And they checked out the satellite database, and bang, he identified all the supposed UFOs as satellites. There's a lot of misinformation, misdirected information. And, you know, I, I hey, listen, I've given MUFON bad reviews. But this was, this was really good when somebody actually took the time to look at it and say, okay, this is what it is. And I think this is where we're, where, where we're seeing the biggest divide within the, the, so the different oh, disciplines, I, I guess, within the the uh, the UFO community is is that they are not communicating and I said this earlier before one of the biggest reasons why law enforcement is successful is the communication between different law enforcement agencies and departments without communication you wouldn't catch the bad guy and I think the same should apply when it comes to trying to find ET communicate and Unlike the scientific community, the private sector wants to be the one to get the smoking gun, the one to find the, you know, the, the door handle to the UFO, so to speak. Do you think this will ever change? Like you, I saw the, uh, the Spurlock uh, CNN documentary, mm -hmm. and I liked it quite a bit. Yes. I liked it because uh, Spurlock put together the UFO phenomenon right along with NASA, Chris McKay from NASA, yep. and Jill Tarter from SETI. I really think these uh, belong together. Uh, like you, I really appreciated uh, the uh, MUFON uh, clip where the MUFON investigators were able to show that these apparent UFOs mm -hmm. were actually IFOs. They were satellites yeah 
And uh, I, I think, by the way, I'm a member of MUFON. I think MUFON in general wants to have credible scientific and thoroughly scientific investigation. That is um, uh, their mindset. And yes, mm -hmm. this was probably uh, a better investigation than the others. Yeah. One of the things I want to point out is that the mindset of MUFON investigators is the same mindset you're going to find at NASA and SETI with regard to what does science do, um, what is the purpose of science, what is evidence gathering, how do we draw cautious conclusions. And uh, a few, not all, but a few uh, leaders in MUFON do have PhDs in the natural sciences, etc. And uh, there's much more in continuity uh, with what I call, you know, the myth of science or the belief in science between uh, people like you saw there in MUFON and the ones that we're going to find in establishment locations such as NASA or SETI. I, I think they should start going to the same barbecues. They're going to find more in common than they might be thinking. One of the biggest points and bones of contention that I've heard throughout the years is that people who want to have a genuine interest in ufology go to these rallies, these exhibitions, these lectures, these seminars, and the people who go to these don't seem to be very well grounded. They seem to be in a little world of their own. Well, that's true, but the world that they're in isn't little. It's really big. I, I, I speak at these, and I love going around talking with people, and uh, uh, we put together the nuts and bolts uf ufologist investigators uh, with the Bigfoot uh, witnesses, with religious cultists, mm -hmm. with um, reincarnation therapists, and uh, what, what they like, and I've heard this said many times, uh, they'll say to me, what I like about these gatherings is that we can have a wild uh, collection of ideas and nobody's critical. <laughs> and, of course, if you're the scientific type, you'll say, well, that's just the problem. We should be critical. On the other hand, uh, a lot of people uh, have their imaginations wildly at work. Mm. And in these kinds of gatherings, they can just let their imaginations fly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that really bothers you, doesn't it? <laughs> well, you know what? It, they, it reminds me of the CB clubs of the of the late '60s when you'd get a bunch of people with CBs in their cars pull up into a parking lot and talk from car to car in their CBs. <laughs> you know, like if and it, once again, you use the term investigators. They're not investigators. They're they're wannabes. Like, they're hobbyists. There are some legitimate investigators, like you said, and I agree with you 100%. But 95% of the people that I've had on this show who claim to be investigators or researchers have no concept of what a real investigation is all about. We've got to take our final break. Stand by, Peter. Exonation, I'm sorry, yeah, Ted. Ted Peters is my special guest this hour. We're talking about his book, UFOs, God's Chariots. His website is www.tedstimelytake and we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break 
as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Hey, X-Zone Nation, you know me. I want to believe, but it will take proof, not supposition, proof. And that's what I'll be waiting for. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag. Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.whentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Exonation, uh, Ted Peters is our guest. He's the author of UFOs, God's Chariots. His website is www.tedstimelytake.com. And Ted, I've got to tell you something. I like the way you think. Well, I like the way I think too, but I probably have no choice in the matter. You know, uh, once again, from my experience, when it comes to... UFOs. It seems that there there is a need, a desire for it to be real, and I think that the need and the desire outplays many times the the realistic events that are 
actually taking place. Well, I'm, I'm going to agree with you, uh, Rob, and I, I, I say it slightly differently, that our subjective mm -hmm. needs and desires to know the truth, to somehow or other make contact with the infinite, in this case, uh, outer space, and also to have the salvation de delivered to us, <laughs> uh, courtesy of science and technology, these are really big forces in our subjectivity. And so if we're prompted by something objective in character, a light in the sky, for yeah. example, we just dump all that meaning right on top of it. And uh, but I sympathize with you. How do we get to mm -hmm. what's the empirical uh, core there, uh, apart from all this meaning that we dump on top of it? I, I, I believe that the meaning is within us. And many people use the the escape of sensationalistic sightings or sensationalistic landings or crop circles as a way of passing on the responsibility to extraterrestrials for the mess we're in. Please come and save us because, damn it, it'll, it's too much hard work for us to do it ourselves. Hey, we screwed it up. We know that, but we don't want to take responsibility. Uh, that's right. This is the fundamental human condition that philosophers mm -hmm. have been talking about for 2,500 years, and it's just coming out now in disguised form. Yeah, you know, like in, in early days, I believe that, you know, the good stuff came from God, the bad stuff, the devil made us do it. And once again, you know, we can't take responsibility for ourselves, so we'll pass it on to the devil. But in many times, it's, God, why did you do that to me? Yeah, in our society, yeah. the devil are the politicians, and uh, the angels are the scientists. And, of course, the scientists would like to have us actually believe this. And now, if we can have an extraterrestrial scientist who will come and deliver the goodies mm -hmm. of an advanced civilization, wow, now that would be salvation indeed. Well, we can always uh, join the Raelian organization or become a Scientologist, I guess. Well, the Raelians uh, fit this uh, prescription to a well, T. Oh, don't they? They sure do. Ted, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, like I said, I, I like the way you think. It's been a great pleasure talking to you, sir. Good talking with you, and keep uh, keep that skeptical edge you've got there and wait for the uh, definitive proof. And I'd love to have you back on at any time, Ted. I, I thoroughly enjoyed our talk. All right, you've got my number. Uh, Ted. Best, wishes to, best wishes to all your uh, listeners. All right, and uh, Ted, thanks a lot. Continued success, and I look forward to reading your next book, Exo Nation. Ted Peters has my, been my guest this hour. UFOs, God's Chariots. His website is www.tedstimelytake.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at Islam. Robert Spencer is going to be joining me. We're going to be talking to him. He's a former FBI trainer. And we're going to get the inside scoop on the story behind Sharia law, as well as what is the war that we're truly waging. My name's Rob McConnell. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break, as I said, as we continue from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We'll be back. Craig. Don't go away.